and welcome to Breaking Bet. Second week in a row with my guy Matt Grissom. Uh, dude, one week away from college baseball. How you feeling, man? Ahead of the Super Bowl? I mean, we we in my opinion, we got the real grand prize coming up. The Super Bowl is just a little extra. It's a little a little appetizer, maybe a little dessert. We got the main course coming up in seven days. Yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, it's better to me than the Super Bowl. So, ready to get through this week and then grind out the. We've got some good matchups in Week One too, so it should be fun. I gotta be honest, bro. After the award show, which by the way, for the, for the NFL honors last night, it was impossible for me to watch. It really was. Like, I, apparently, they said it was on Paramount Plus, and I'm like scrolling through my Paramount Plus with like a bottle of Casamigos in my hand. Like that. That's my that's my yearly. Uh, tradition, watch the NFL honors with a bottle of Casamigos, sweat out what I have going on. And I couldn't even watch it. I was just like, ah, you know what? I'm over it. And and then some of the results, I just wasn't feeling. But Matt, uh, we touched a lot last week on conference winners, Golden Spikes, uh, College World Series winners, um, and who's going to make the College World Series. But one thing we didn't get to last week, and I kind of wanted to save it for this week, was an interesting market that Bet Rivers has been putting out for this year. And it's not up anywhere else in terms of uh, win totals. They put out SEC regular season win totals within the conference. Now, the criteria is you have to play at least 28 games, and each team is slated to play 30 games, barring any weather delays or postponements or anything like that. So let's start it off here in terms of uh, descending order of who is expected to have the most wins. We got Arkansas, then we have Florida, then we have LSU, we have Vanderbilt, Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, then we're starting to get into, you know, the Georgias and the Mississippi States and the Mizzou's um, and the Ole Misses. So, Matt, take me through here step-by-step. Step. Let's kick it off with your team, the Arkansas Razorbacks. 20 and a half. That's a lot of wins in the regular season. So you're basically telling me they have to win more than 67% of their conference games. They went 20 and 10 last year, which was the best in the, in the conference. Do you think the Razorbacks do it again this year? I don't. I think it's a tough a tough ass to win 21 games in the SEC. I mean, like you just touched on, them and Florida split it last year. They both went 20 and 10. And, I mean, it's going to be tough. You're basically asking Arkansas not to drop a series and getting a few SEC series sweeps. So, I mean, in the gauntlet that is the SEC schedule, that's, that's a, a tall task to overcome. I'm actually going to go uh, over because I, I think Arkansas had 20 and a half last year. I, I think their offense, at least for the time being, is a little better than it was a season ago. But they have some really good transfers coming into the class this year. And obviously, Peyton Stovall is going to miss about the first six weeks. But in my opinion, bro, I think Arkansas is going to be better than they were last year. I wasn't really impressed with the Razorbacks throughout the entire season. Uh, you know, the injuries in the pitching department really set them back. And then they were forced to do something by taking their best pitcher, Hagen Smith, and making him into a utility starter. He's typically the Friday night guy, but they moved Hunter Holland, who's no longer on the team, into that Friday role. And then they had Hagen Smith. 
you know, closing games or coming in for like three innings in relief. He still made 11 starts, but out of 18 appearances, I fully expect like everybody else to have Hagen Smith making 18 starts, 16 starts, whatever the number is, no more of this relief and uh, utility role. So I think the pitching is much better set up with Brady Tiger back. You're going to get freshman Hunter Dietz coming back middle of the season. So I think 21 wins is definitely doable, even with a tough schedule, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I shout out to Zach Lee. He messaged me on Facebook asking, or on Twitter asking about it. And I broke it down. So basically, you would have to win every SEC series. And you could go two and one against A&M, Kentucky, Alabama, South Carolina, LSU, Florida. Benefit, we don't have Tennessee or Vanderbilt on the schedule. And then you're talking about needing one sweep between Mississippi State, Missouri, and at Auburn, and then Ole Miss to close out the season. So I, you may be onto something. It's It's very doable. I'll put it to so you. Part of my, yeah, part of my handicap for Arkansas was the fact that their schedule isn't terrible. I think they face LSU earlier in the year. They have some tough, tough series, but they're going to be playing a lot of these teams like Ole Miss and Mizzou, uh, series that they very well should be able to sweep. So I feel like for me, the key really is just don't get swept. You can drop one or two series, but it, it can't be a sweep. And I think Arkansas is going to be in control of being able to sweep several series, that's kind of it's going to boost that win total. I think it'll be close, but like I said, bro, I think they had a down year last year and they still won twenty games in conference. And uh, I think I think they won the regular season conference. Uh, and yep. you know, I feel like they're going to be better this year. Yeah, and you know, we got swept on the road at Georgia. That hurt last year, mm. but you win one of those games and. Here you're talking about 21 wins. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think I may join you. But one thing that sticks out to me, though, is to win 21 games in the conference, I feel like that correlates pretty nicely to SEC, like, champ again. Mm -hmm. So why not just take the plus whatever it is, 475 plus 525 or whatever we got it at a couple weeks ago. I feel like that's just a little smarter of a bet than trying to play it, you know, week in and week out with these season win totals. Well, I think that's also what we did. We put out Arkansas to win the SEC regular season. That's something that we have on our uh, on our um, NCAA Insiders preseason betting packet. I think I gave them out at five, plus five fifty two units because I really thought that in correlation with this, it was going to happen, but. You know, a lot of people might not be able to get that number now, but if you're looking at exploring the win totals, I think this is uh, definitely one where I would take the over because both of us have Arkansas winning the regular season. And, for instance, if they got 18 wins in the conference, you know, I, I don't know if I'm looking at them to win the, win the conference regular season at that point. I think the number is probably going to be 19 or 20. But I, I, like I said, believe that the Razorbacks – can get 21, maybe even 22 regular season wins. Um, okay, so they are co-favorite with the Florida Gators, team that went to the College World Series final last year. Now, the thing is, Matt, we talked about it last week. I don't think this is the same Florida Gators team from a year ago. I think they'll be good, but I don't think they'll be as good. You lose 
Brandon Sproat and Hurston Waldrip. Hurston Waldrip, first rounder, fell to the Braves, which was a steal for Atlanta. When Sproat and Waldrip were on their game, they were unhittable. You couldn't touch them. Now you had some you had some times where they were a little bit shaky and they just had bad outings because you know of uh, of walking a ton of guys. But for me, you're replacing Waldrip and Sproat with Kate Fisher, who was good last year, but he wasn't a weekend starter. And you have a, a freshman, a talented freshman, Liam Peterson coming in, who you know you expect good things from, but you can't write that in. So. I'm just I'm not sure that the Gators are going to be able to replicate a 20-win season from last year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, they go at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, at LSU. Those are three tough SEC series that you know to get over that 21 win hump, you're going to have to you're going to have to win those series and kind of like we alluded to in the Arkansas breakdown I don't think that they win at Arkansas. I don't think they win at LSU. And Vanderbilt's kind of a toss-up. So I uh, I would lean under on that one. So we're over on Arkansas, under on Florida, which kind of correlates with us having preseason Razorbacks to win the conference. The next one's interesting. Uh, LSU coming in a shade under the uh, latter two teams. 19 and a half. Um, the VIG is again, it, it's pretty much minus one of 14 across the board, except for a couple cases here. Uh, you know, you're paying a little tax if you want to play in this market. The reigning college world series champion, do you think they get 20 wins or do you think regressions coming in after a championship season? I think you're going to have some regression. I mean, the main thing is you don't have Paul Skeens on the bump to get you that guaranteed Friday night win. You go at Arkansas, at Tennessee, and at Alabama for three of the top 25 series on their schedule. That's again, you're talking about your you have to win all of those more than likely uh, to get to 21 or to 20 wins. I just don't see it happening. I would lean under on LSU, which I'm I'm down on LSU this year. I think Jay Johnson just put together a magical run, the bullpen looked unhittable through the College World Series. Hats off to them. That was not what the regular season was. I mean, we said it time and time again, bullpen was going to be the fault of LSU. And lo and behold, they figured it out and got the win. Congratulations. But this is a new season. And I just think without uh, Ty Floyd and, and Paul Skeens, this is going to be a whole new look for Jay Johnson. It's interesting you say that because I, I went back when – and we're going to get to a little LSU win prop after we get through the SEC. But I went back and I looked at the LSU Tigers. When Paul Skeens pitched, I believe they won 12 of his starts last year. I mean, if, if you break down how many wins that comes out to be for, for the regular season conference, you know, it, it definitely accounts for a lot of them. But I feel like – the young pitching is still going to be able to deliver. I, I know LSU is in a position where they're probably going to regress. They lose Dylan Cruz and they lose Paul Skeens, two of the best players in the country. You know, two top picks from the draft last summer. But I, I just – I'm not expecting too much of a regression. You still have Tommy White. You still have guys like Jared Jones who's going to, who's going to uh, step up into a more prominent role. You get a really good transfer from Arizona in uh, Mac Bingham. You get a good transfer from South Carolina and Michael Braswell. You got some other bats in that lineup. 
Pitching wise, there's a ton. You bring in Luke Holman from Alabama, who's probably going to take over the Friday night role. We, we haven't heard that officially, but if Holman might actually be the Saturday night guy behind Junior, who uh, Junior Thatcher heard, who is in first round projection territory, really good. He struggled most of the year, but he came on really strong uh, in the month of June. So with those two guys commanding the rotation at the top, I think LSU is going to find themselves in a lot of opportunities to win ball games early in the year. Um, and, you know, depending on what the Sunday night or the Sunday starter looks like, there's a lot of options for LSU. I think their bullpen is going to be good. I know the loss of Paul Skeens. Ty Floyd is pretty solid, but I still feel like they're going to be able to find a way. And a guy that I'm looking at this year to take uh, take a leap forward in terms of a rebound season is going to be Christian Little. Had a great freshman season at Vanderbilt in 2022. Took a huge step back last year. This is the year he's got to take a step up, whether that's a Sunday role or that's the closer role. And what people didn't realize, this kid came into college at 17 years old. Now he's more mature. He's more developed. He's got a lot more innings under his belt. Give me LSU to the over. I think LSU wins 20, 20 on the dot regular season games just behind the Arkansas Razorbacks. I don't even think they won that last year. So that's interesting, which Paul Skeen's lost two of his starts. Mm. Uh, Ty Floyd went 7-0. and Luke Holman went 7-4, and worth noting, coming over. So I get LSU's got better bats than Alabama to give him some run support in his starts. But I don't know. We're going to go oppo here. I don't think yeah, we LSU are. can do it. I mean, listen, I have LSU going to the College World Series. So that kind of has to correlate with that. I feel like if if they don't win that many games, it's going to be hard for them to get it because they're not going to be getting as good of a seed as they normally would be. Um, you know, I understand the risk with this one, but just because I think LSU, even though it's hard to get back, I think they're going to have a really good team this year. But they're not going to have that edge that they had last year. Um, okay, the next one we're going to have is the Vanderbilt Commodores at 17 and a half. And Matt, I'll let you start this one off, but I, I really don't understand what all the hype is on this Vanderbilt Commodores team. Yeah, uh, shout out Noah Beanick. We uh, we talked about Vanderbilt. We hit that under 17 and a half. That's the only one that I've bet so far in the account. I've put one unit on them. I just don't. I've Vanderbilt's got good pitching. Uh, hats off to Tim Corbin. He's a great head coach. But their problem wasn't pitching last year. It was hitting. They they have no offense. And I think you're going to see more of the same now without Enrique Bradfield Jr. Uh, being able to get you those crucial steals and, and put up one or two runs every time he he's at bat. But, yeah, Vanderbilt, I'm with you. I don't get it. I think that's way too high. I would put it more at like 15 and a half, 16. Hmm. So uh, let's go under 17 and a half, even money. You know what the funny thing is? It's not just the fact that 17 and a half is a very high win total, but you have to pay an exorbitant amount of VIG. You have to pay uh, an extra $27 just to put it down on the over. You're getting even money on the under. You could go look through their schedule all you want, but at the end of the day, despite good pitching, and, and Vanderbilt's probably got one of the best pitching staffs in the country, but they lose their star closer, Nick Maldonado, He's gone. He was probably a top three closer last year. That was an important piece for this team because Carter Holton, their Friday night guy, was missing a lot of starts last year. He was sick. 
Devin Fitrell's a stud. He was, he was one of the best Sunday guys the last couple of years in college. He's going to probably step into that Saturday role. Uh, you have Chris McElvain, who used to pitch for the team. I think he uh, his last year was 2022. Chris McElvain's little brother, Ethan McElvain, is going to be coming into the fold here. you got some bullpen arms, but we alluded to it. This team is going to have trouble hitting. You lose not only Enrique Bradfield Jr., but you also lose, I believe, R.J. Shrek, one of their big bats. So I'm not totally sold on this Vanderbilt Commodores team. I think over 17 and a half is way too high. I'm going on the under because, you know, I, I don't really see them winning more than 15 games. And it, it's not even like you're, you're getting a good price on it. You have to pay a lot more in tax. So, yeah, me and you are both uh, in lockstep here with the under for Vandy. Yeah, and not to mention they've got a pretty brutal schedule. They've got at South Carolina, at mm-hmm. LSU, at A&M, and then they host Florida and Tennessee. So. Uh, outside of not facing Arkansas, you've really got the gauntlet of the SEC right there in that schedule. I mean, that's 15 – what's that, 15 conference games to start off the season? Uh, I mean, there's a realistic chance that they could only win like six of those games. Yeah. And now now if you're in that position, you're in a a real race to try and get those last 12 wins to get you over this hump here. And, you know, I just – I don't see it. I think – just to wrap up the point here on Vandy, I think – because they're a blue blood program, they're like the New England Patriots. Tim Corbin's like the Bill Belichick of college baseball. They're royalty. Every year, sports books always overrate them because of their lineage. They did it last year. And we I remember us talking about this preseason last year. I, I don't understand all the love of Vanderbilt. And they're even worse this year than they were last year because they lost their best offensive player in and in, in Enrique Bradfield Jr. Yep. I completely um, agree. The next team at 17 and a half is the Tennessee Volunteers. Matt, I love the Tennessee Volunteers this year. This is a team I have going to the College World Series. I think their hitting is going to be light years better than it was last year. Got two big transfers from Billy Emick from Clemson and Cannon Peebles from NC State. Their pitching on the surface might take a step back because you lose Chase Dollander, Dolly, and you lose Chase Burns to Wake Forest, and you lose a couple other guys like Andrew Lindsay. But now Drew Beam, who was probably the best Sunday uh, Sunday guy in, in college baseball the last two years, he's slotting into the Friday night role. I think he'll have success. A.J. Russell was a prominent freshman last year. I think he'll have success. And they brought in a ton of transfer arms. Tennessee always has great pitching, Matt. I think 17.5 to the over is definitely uh, the play where I'm going. I feel like Tennessee is going to challenge Arkansas for the most uh, regular season wins and actually the conference title. Yeah, big question mark surrounding pitching staff. Vitello's done a great job with his tenure at Tennessee. They go at Bama, at Florida, at Vanderbilt. So I think two of those series are definitely winnable. Florida is kind of the toss-up there, and then they host South Carolina and LSU. That's going to be your – your ball game right there to see if you can cash this bet. Cause I think if they can win one of those two series against South Carolina or LSU at home, I think you're going over. Yeah. And notably it's at home, which is definitely a lot better for them. But uh, you know, the pitching always finds a way in a, in Tennessee. So I'm not worried about that. I think they're going to be able to find a way. One of the few teams in America that can make lemonade out of lemons when it comes to pitching. Um, okay, so after we have, or I'm sorry, we have Tennessee now. Uh, sorry, Give me a sec. <clears throat> so 
Jesus Christ, what is going on? Sorry. <laughs> so now uh, after Tennessee, who do we have? We have South Carolina at 16 and a half. This is an interesting one. So South Carolina, you're paying a higher VIG to go over, minus 121. The unders, minus 108. You buying South Carolina this year? I mean, they won 16 games last year, but they lost a lot in their pitching rotation. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Mahoney's gone. Uh, the kid from Conway, I just blanked on his name. It, it's going to be Eli Jones' show, and I don't know if they're going to have enough. Now, Ethan Petrie, we know that he is solid. The, uh, the other hitter, Cole Messina, he's going to be good. But pitching is crucial to win SEC series, and – uh, that 16 is probably right. Uh, if I had to pick, I would say under. But, you know, South Carolina got a slow start last year, then kind of turned it on, started figuring some things out. So maybe they can get there. I I don't know. That's a that's a toss-up. That's a straight stay away for me because the number is right there at 16. I think the Gamecocks are going to be good this year. I think they're going to be uh, in the dance for sure. But – I think 16 and a half is a, is a tad high. I, I would probably say I would probably say they finish at 15 or 16. They're going to be towards the top of the board in, in the uh, SEC. But, you know, if I was setting this line, I probably would have set it at 15 and a half because I think they're going to be right on that 15, 16 cusp. The pitching is definitely the big question. You lose your Friday guy in, uh, in Jack Mahoney. And, you know, I'm actually blanking on the other guy that they lost. Like they still got uh, Eli Jones and they still have Eli Jerzenbeck. The two Eli's, but then they they have a secret weapon coming back. He missed all of last year. Roman Kimbrell, he's uh he he's garnering a lot of expectations. The Gamecocks certainly think he's going to be one of their key pieces, and he probably will be. But I just I don't buy it. I think this number is a little too high uh, for South Carolina, Matt. Yeah, they go at Bama, at Florida, at Tennessee, and then they host Arkansas. That's that's a lot of. Uh, Tough matchups. You could lose three out of them. We can easily lose three out of those four series. And we, we can't sleep on Bama. Like I, I don't think Bama's. I think Bama's being a little overrated as well. But they're still a good program. They still have a lot of talent. So we can't just sit there and overrate it. Yeah, James Hicks was the Conway pitcher that filled in. Right. He was a closer for him two years ago. And then uh, if D one will load, I cannot think of their Friday night starter. He went toe to toe in that series with. Here we go. Oh, uh, oh Noah Hall. Noah Hall. Yeah, and no, that was Noah Hall, Noah. wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it was Noah Hall. Well, no, Will Sanders was their other guy. Oh, I think he went. Did, no, yeah, Will Sanders. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Yeah, Will Sanders was their Friday guy. So they they actually lost all three rotation guys. I think Noah Hall's gone too. Can you confirm that? Uh. Yeah, he was a senior last year. He's gone. So, so they lost all three of their weekend rotation guys. They lose Will Sanders, they lose Noah Hall, and they lose Jack Mahoney. Yeah, they 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 played around a lot though. Like Eli Jones started a couple games last year too. Well, Noah uh, Hall got hurt earlier in the year, so that's why Matthew they kind of had to did too. Yeah, they kind of had to do it by committee. But oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, they they've lost a lot. You can't really ignore that. So, I. Yeah, it's a still stay away for me, but if I had to lean one way, I would lean under. And then uh, speaking of Alabama, Alabama's at 14 and a half. I think this is a solid number. Um, you know, Bama's going to have some pitching. 
I think Bama is going to be set. One of the guys to keep your eyes out on, and I saw him play in person when I went to uh, Wake Forest in the Super Regionals, Alton Davis, really, really live arm. I think that kid's going to play a key role in the Bama bullpen. I think, you know, the pitching is going to be able to help carry this team. Matt, I'm kind of drawn here. This is probably a stay away for me for Alabama. I think 14 and a half is a good number. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm not sure what's going to happen with their offense because they lost their best player in Colby Shelton. He, he went to Florida via the transfer portal. So I'm not really uh, feeling the Alabama win total. They, oh, they also lost Andrew Pinkney, their other best player. He went to the, uh, he went to the draft. He's with the Washington Nationals now. That was also a guy that went three for three against Paul Skeens when they and played last year. I think most notably of all of them, you lose uh, Luke Coleman, your yep. Friday night lefty. And they play Arkansas at Kentucky could be a tricky series. They get LSU at home, um, Tennessee at home, at Georgia. I don't know. I That's an under yes. Yeah, I think it's under pass. I think they'll take a, a step back, too, with their new head coach. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, another 14 and a half we got is the Auburn Tigers. This Matt, this is another team that's drawing a lot of preseason love in terms of, like, top 25 rankings. If you look at the sportsbook odds for them to win the College World Series, they're kind of in that mid-range that like 50 to one, like between 40 to one and 60 to one. That's like that sweet spot mid range where you're finding teams like East Carolina and you're finding Duke uh, and Oklahoma state. I don't buy Auburn. I think they were a fun team last year because they had a lot of power and any given weekend, they, they were just turning series upside down. Like I'll never forget that Florida series against Brandon Sprout, where I think he walked like eight guys in the first three innings and they, they, they put a beating on him. And then they had a really good Friday night guy. I don't know if he's still there, Tommy Vale. Um, th they have some bats. So they got Ike Irish, who's probably going to be a top 15 pick in next year's draft. They have uh, Bobby Pierce. They have a couple guys. I think Auburn's going to be interesting, but I just don't think they're going to have enough pitching. I don't know if they still have Chase Alsip going. I, I think he's – I think Chase Alsip is still there. Uh, I think 14 and a half, same – same category with Alabama. It's uh, it's an under pass for me at 14 and a half. Yeah, at LSU, at Vanderbilt, at AM. I mean, those are winnable series, I guess, if you could get after the Friday night guy, but without having one yourself that is going to be, you know, your lockdown ace, I, I don't know. Auburn did win 17 games last year in what was really a down year for them. I, this would be an over pass for me. You're either buying Auburn's offense and figuring they can do pitching by committee enough to get you that over or just staying away from it entirely. Yeah, one team that's not listed on here because the odds weren't up, it's worth noting, is Texas A&M. Not really sure what they're waiting on, but I think it's, it's definitely noteworthy because – you know, that was going to be a team that we're probably going to be seeing in that 17 and a half range with Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Uh, not sure what's going on there on Bet Rivers. But uh, so if anybody's wondering why I haven't mentioned the Aggies, that's why. Yeah, um, I would okay. go, I'd go under on them for what it's worth if you can get I it. I think 
I think they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be overhyped as well, the Aggies. So let's just play a little number here. I would probably say the Aggies are going to be set at 17 and a half if I was making the line. And I would go under because as good as their hitting is, you got the you got the Jace Lavalette and you got the Braden Montgomery one-two punch. The pitching, the pitching, I don't know what's going on. They turned a corner in the SEC tournament last year out of nowhere. Nathan Detmer looked good. They had a couple other guys come in, but they're young. They got Justin Lampkin, Troy Wansing. They're expecting a lot of things. Chris Cortez is good out of the pen, but I, to me, I just don't see Texas A&M winning more than 17 games in the conference, which is still good, but I have them at about winning, I would say, 16, 17 games. So if, if you're getting – even if you're getting 16 and a half, I'd probably stay to the under. 16 for me sounds like the number for, for the Aggies. Yeah, that sounds right. They go at South Carolina, at Florida, at Arkansas. I mean, or host Arkansas at LSU. You've kind of got the the worst schedule if you're an Aggie fan. You're playing and like here's all the thing, bro. If you the SEC outside of Tennessee, if you come out and you're slow to start the season, it's really hard to pick those wins up. Like to string them together, it's very difficult. A lot of teams we've seen are, are slow starters, and then they start ripping come like late March, early April. But uh, yeah, the the Aggies for me, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be a team that could probably make the Super Regionals, depending on what kind of draw they get. But just because of the lack of pitching, I just don't really see this team uh, being as highly successful as you know some of these polls have them being. Yeah. Um, okay. Then next we have one more fourteen and a half. That's the Kentucky Wildcats. This is always a team that surprises people. They don't really have any superstar. They don't have anybody that's really going to be regarded as a, a first rounder, most likely. But like they're they're kind of like the Duke of the SEC. They're just a good all-around team, and they find ways to win games, and they get production from a lot of different sources. You think 14 and a half is a little high for them? I'm looking at their schedule now. They get home series against Arkansas and Tennessee. They go at Florida, host Vanderbilt, at South Carolina. They host Alabama. I mean, outside of, of missing LSU – they don't really have a very favorable schedule, but I mean, they, they can be a tricky team. I would probably stay away from it because I think that number is right. But if mm -hmm. I had to play it, I would probably go under. So, like Alabama, 14 and a half under a pass because that, that number is probably right, right where it needs to be. Like, I could see 13 or 14 wins from Kentucky team that probably sneaks in the regionals as a two, maybe in an, in, in an Indiana type of regional or, you know, one of those. I, I remember Noah said last week he thinks Indiana possibly could host if they play well or, you know, if Kentucky ends up hosting somehow and Indiana's in their region, I think that's definitely a good look by our guy there. Um, okay, so after Kentucky, who do we have here? I think we have Ole Miss at 11 and a half. The Rebels, dude, I just – I don't see it. They lost They lost all their key offensive guys. Lose Kemp Alderman. Peyton Chotney is gone. Jacob Gonzalez is gone. Uh, Hunter Elliott's not going to pitch this year because he had to get Tommy John. They just lost uh, – who's their other guy? Revis? Xavier Revis. Revis. 
he's gone too. Like pitching, hitting, they're depleted. I, I know Mike Bianco runs a great program, and they're probably expecting to have a turnaround, but I just don't see it. I don't think they're going to have the horses. I think it's going to be another down year for the Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, lose Hunter Elliott before the season last year, finished with six SEC wins. Six. That's after the uh, improbable national championship run that they went on. I don't think they're going to bounce back this year either. Give me that under all day. Here's one that you're going to like. Mississippi State's at 11 and a half. And for some reason, that Rivers decided to put their over at minus 130 with the under coming in at even money. I know you're not a big Mississippi State fan. So is it free money to take the under at even money? I would lean that way. They host LSU at Florida, Georgia at Ole Miss, which those are winnable, at Arkansas, and host Alabama at Vanderbilt to close out the season. So I, it's going to be a tall task to win. Would you say 11 and a half? 12. They won 12 nine years. last year. Yeah, I I think you're going to see much of the same this year. The Mississippi schools are going to be down. You know what? <laughs> I have, I'm high on Mississippi State this year. I mean, we talked about it last week. I think this is a team that has a shot to make it to the College World Series if their pitching improves. You know, second year, Gerangelo uh, Sencha, the switch pitcher, who's 96 as a righty, 94 as a lefty. You know, he had a big problem with command a season ago, but you saw flashes when he was on. He was really tough to hit. And I think, you know, bringing in some of the other guys, Cam Schulke and uh, Holcomb, you know, they have a couple freshmen, uh, a couple transfers. I think Mississippi State is going to be a lot better. I'm not worried about their hitting. They have Dakota Jordan, Hunter Hines commanding the middle of that lineup. You got a freshman, Dylan Cup, who they're really excited about. And the schedule is favorable enough for me that they're going to be able to get 12 wins. Basically, in the early going is, is the tough part of their schedule. So as long as they could come out not getting swept in more than one of those, if, it, if the first three series, they have nine games they play. If they can find a way to win like four of those games, then I think they're going to have a really good path for the rest of the season because they have a lot of those average to subpar SEC teams that they're going to be able to rack up some wins, maybe even sneak in a, a sweep or two. Here's the problem. I'll only see them winning three series in the SEC and I don't think they'll sweep any of them except maybe Ole Miss, maybe Missouri. But they could they could sweep I mean, Ole Miss and Mizzou. That'd be six wins right there. Mizzou, Ole Miss. I don't think they win all three against Georgia. I don't think they win all three against Auburn. I think I, I think don't they know if they win a game between LSU at A and M at Florida. It's they realistic. Start, they hold on. It's realistic. Out. It's realistic to say Auburn, Georgia, they can take two or three in both. That's four. It's realistic to say they take two out of Ole Miss, that's six, two from Mizzou, that's eight. And then now they have Bama. They could probably take at least one from Bama, that's nine. Then you're basically saying the first three series they have, they have to win one game each. And we're not even including the, the possibility that they can sweep at least one series. So to me, I think Mississippi State – is going to take a step forward this year. I think their pitching is going to be a lot better. They've had two down years in a row since winning 
the national championship in 2021. And like we've seen them play when they're clicking on all cylinders, bro, they're electric. And I just, I know you don't like the Bulldogs, but I do. I feel like this is a good time to buy them. Like I hit them to win the College World Series at 175 to one. I hit them to win 150 to one. I'm sitting with over five figures in equity for Mississippi State this year for a very little risk. So I, I think in order for me to kind of validate taking them to make a run in June, they're going to have to go over 11 and a half wins. I don't like the VIG at minus 130, but I would still take it. I think there's definitely a path for them to get 12 wins in the conference this year. And what you need to understand is they don't have to win or even be top five in the conference to, to get a decent spot in, a, in the regionals. They, they realistically need to be top 10 in the SEC to make the tournament. If they do that, which is very, very plausible, considering the other bad teams in there, then I think we're going to be looking at this team in June. And, you know, I think a turnaround's coming, dude. You, you got to be, you, you got to get the wave before it starts. And I think this is the year. Godspeed, Johnny. That's all I can say. I, I don't know why you don't like him. Is it the pitching? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the pitching. It's outside of Dakota Jordan and Hunter Hines. I mean, I just don't think they're going to have enough to contend with with the SEC. I mean, for, for some people to win, others have to lose. So, I mean, you can <coughs> – I don't know. Well, we're going to disagree on this because I, I like Mississippi State this year. This is one of my sleepers. I, I can't – I was on them last year, and they were really bad. So I was thinking maybe I'm a year early on them. They have they have a lot of a lot of cavalry over the top coming to help them in, in, in their quest to improve and make a run in 2024. And I, I think it will happen. I know you don't buy them, but, you know, Johnny V believes Mississippi State is in for a turnaround in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm going to replay this when they start 0-9 in conference play. <laughs> uh, you can replay it. Listen, it, if it loses, I, I'll stick to it. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna welch. I, I believe in them this year. You could quote me on saying, I believe the Mississippi State Bulldogs in 2024 will be a good team. I think they'll make the field of 64. I think they'll go over 11 and a half wins. And, yeah, I'll play uh, – I'll pay the, the minus 130 VIG on it, even though I think it's a little steep. That's just my opinion. If it hits, you know, then I think uh, I, I think an apology will be in order. I will apologize, but I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, next team we have is Georgia nine and a half. Matt, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs are very very interesting. They're a team that last year wasn't very good, but there were several weekend series where they showed up and they, you know, really made opponents uncomfortable. The first one off the top of my head I can think of is, is the Tennessee series. I think they took two out of three from Tennessee. Like the, they're a team that when they show up, they're, they're really difficult. I mean, it's all led by Charlie Condon, but you know, one of the things in the lineup, they lose parts Harbor. He transfers to, uh, to UNC uh, that's a big loss because that was some protection for Charlie Condon as well as another reliable power source. The thing about this team, though, is it's it's the pitching. I think you still have Charlie Goldsmith or Goldstein. 
he was pretty solid last year. You got a you got a couple guys coming back. I I, I don't know though. I I feel like Georgia could be pretty decent. You think nine and a half is fair? I think it's fair. I think they they're a solid team, top to bottom. I need to research their pitching staff. I don't know if Liam Sullivan's back. Uh, he was pretty good last year, and then like you said, Charlie Goldstein. They had a lot of lefties. I remember that. Who's so, the uh, the Jaden? What was his name? Jaden. Um, Jaden Woods. Jaden Woods. Yeah, I liked him. He, he had time. good stuff. Yeah, Jaden Woods yeah. was good. He is he? Uh, yeah, he, he went to the draft. He got drafted by the Pirates in the seventh round. Um, so he was kind of the big loss. He, he didn't. He wasn't super productive, but you know, he was a guy who has really good stuff. And when he was on his game, he could really pitch his way to seven strong innings, giving his team a chance to win. I think it's going to come down to see what the pitching looks like for the Bulldogs. But I think right now, until I figure that out a little bit more, I'd probably stay away from this because, you know, them winning 10 or 11 games isn't surprising in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, they did it last year, 11 and 19. Uh, I mean, I think it's doable to go over. This would be another one over or pass for me. Yeah, I would I would agree as well. It's when you got a guy like Charlie Condon who could literally carry a lineup, you know, it, it's tough to to fade him. Um, and then okay, Matt, we have the last one. That is the Mizzou Tigers, seven and a half win total, by far the worst in the entire conference because they are the worst team in the conference. I mean, is this is this an over and under for you? They won 10 last year not the worst in the conference Mississippi State Ole Miss were I I don't know we'll see what Missouri has and I'm gonna stay away from it obviously they start the series or start the SEC with Arkansas going to Fayetteville then get Kentucky at Vanderbilt and then Florida I mean that right there is a gauntlet I don't think they go 0-15 but you know one in 14 is very doable. So I I would probably lean under or pass. I think, uh, you know, they still have Luke Mann. Luke Mann was really good last year for them. Uh, they have a really talented reliever. His name is escaping me at the moment. They have Logan Lunsford. I don't know if he transferred or not. Logan Lunsford's actually pretty solid. But at the end of the day, who's the Mizzou, who's the Mizzou reliever? Now it's, now it's bothering me. The are you talking about the pitcher last year? Yeah, yeah, the pitcher. Well, what electric stuff that you that you loved? Yeah, he was the closer. I can't think of his freaking name. Zach Franklin. Yeah, that's him. Zach Franklin. He's he's really good. He's got good stuff. But um, you know, listen, I, I think Mizzou right now is probably a stay away. I just want to see a little bit more about what the roster is going to look like. Uh, for me, it's probably. It's probably an over pass for me because seven and a half is really low. And like basically, as long as they don't get swept, like they could play these powerhouse teams, but if they don't get swept and they take, you know, one here, two there, and then they get a couple favorable series down the uh down the stretch at the end of the season, like it, it, it's very doable for them to get eight wins. I don't think I don't think they're necessarily gonna be worse than they were last year. Yeah, they've just got a brutal schedule. I mean, at yeah, Arkansas, but- at Tennessee. They, 
they could steal some from Mississippi State to close out the con- the season, but do you really want to go into that series sweating out trying to get one or two wins? I don't know. I yeah, it exactly. seems low based on what they did last year, but again, somebody's got to lose these games if if we're taking overs on others. So I yeah, guess no, I know. Do. I mean, I feel like we have we have a good amount of uh, a good amount of unders on teams coming in there. So you know, I'm not really I'm not really worried about it like that. But you know, I think Mizzou is one of those teams that can you know can surprise you a little bit. I still think they're going to be bad. Oh, they got Danny Corona from Wake Forest in a transfer portal. They got they got a couple other guys coming in. So you know, it remains to be seen. Mizzou right now is probably a stay away. Um, and Matt, before we get out of here. One thing I wanted to touch on, it's an interesting market. I've requested several markets to be brought up on DraftKings. Uh, so I'm going to keep an eye out on those over the next few days leading up to the opening day next Friday. But what FanDuel did was post LSU's regular season win total. And originally it was 40 and a half. I actually tweeted out a three unit play to the over on 40 and a half and then they take they take the market away and then like a week later they come back and they give LSU win total 39 and a half so the market doesn't agree with me there but I feel like 39 and a half wins even at paying 120 is still a good bet because I think 40 and a half was doable I I calculated LSU at about 42 wins this year in the regular season I think 39 and a half, um, you know, you know, it's giving me a, an extra game cushion. Are you taking the over under with LSU schedule? I mean, I lean over. They don't really have just a, a tough non-con. And when you're looking at the schedule of, of the SEC, we, you know, we've talked about it. I, I don't see how they don't win 40 games, but – you know, you got a midweek against Texas. Okay, that's losable. Um, or not a midweek, but a, a preset uh, like tournament. a tournament. There we go. But then you get Louisiana, Lafayette, and Texas State in that same tournament. So two and one there. You host Xavier. You know, that that's all winnable. I mean, it's really just gonna come down to the the SEC schedule, which I you think it's gonna come down to the there's there's three series to circle. There's Florida, there's Arkansas, and there's Tennessee. Like, yeah, they play Vandy and, and they play uh, Auburn and they play Texas A&M, but I, I think it's those three series that are the big ones for them. It, realistically, I'm not sure why they move this number off of 39 and a half, even for, uh, 40, 40 and a half, excuse me. I saw 40 and a half and I was like, ooh, that's a bad misprice. I think that's a gimme. And then I looked at it a couple more times and I kind of went through the schedule to see simulate like wins and losses. And then I realized 40 and a half was a pretty good number because I came, I came around 41, 42 wins for them. And the main thesis that I arrived at was, you know, you got to run through the, the pre-conference games. Like you can't really lose more than a few because there, there are a lot of gimmies. There are a lot of layups. And then throughout the whole season, pretty much as long as they don't get swept, and they win just about all of their midweek games throughout the year, which, you know, 
it's not automatic, but you would think that they don't lose more than one or two midweeks. Then I think they're going to get there pretty, pretty good. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to have trouble getting to 40 wins now. So for me, I would take the over and that would be a multi-unit play for me. I, I just, you know, I'm not going to buy into the, you know, the LSU letdown season after winning a championship. It's certainly possible, but this team is too well coached. They have too much talent and they have a pretty favorable schedule overall this year, Matt. Yeah. It's just going to come down to that pitching rotation. They lost a lot. And then can Tommy white be the guy now that he's doing it without Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan. We'll see. I mean, at the end of the day though, you know, they're pitching you, anytime you lose Paul Skeens, that's a huge loss, right? But they replaced it as best they could. They get Luke Homo, who was a really good Friday night starter for Bama last year. You got Thatcher Hurd, who is maturing and he's in a draft year and he's taking a step forward. And then you got a bunch of other guys. Like the guy that I'm really looking forward to watching is Cam Johnson, 6'5 lefty. He's like 250 pounds. He's a tank. Um, you know, they still got some of their bullpen guys. They're going to rely on Gavin Gidry probably towards the, uh, maybe more of the setup role. Then we don't know what we're going to see from Christian Little. Another guy that I think is going to really have a good season this year is uh, the transfer from LH, uh, UCLA, Gage Jump. They're expecting a lot of things out of him. There's just a lot of arms in this team. We, we have to wait and see how it plays out, but I have confidence that the Tigers are going to have another good year and definitely be able to get to 40, even 41 wins. Any, any objections? <laughs> I mean, I've already told you what I thought on it. All right. Well, I know you got to get out of here. So before you go, be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore Johnny VTV. He's at Grissomon X. Tune in next Friday, our first show of the new season where we're going to be talking about game by game. We have a great schedule of games. So we'll see you next week. Matt, always a pleasure. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. Enjoyed it. Almost here. All right, guys. We'll see you next Friday. See ya.